I don't know about you, it's 168 hours in a week, right? And we get bombarded with the news, we get bombarded with this, we get bombarded with that. But when you come to church, you can come and hear the word of the Lord. Amen. So let's let the word of God fill us today all the way from Armadale. We have a special guest speaker, a mother in the house here at Real Life Church. Anne-Marie, could you please put your hands together for her? She comes to minister the word. God bless you. Pastor. Good morning. morning. It's so good to be here. It's always wonderful to be together. But will you indulge me? I'm just going to take a leaf out of my pastor's book and go, darling, Hallie, Nanny's so glad you're watching today. A big hello to you and to mummy and daddy. I love you. My, my, my other baby, my youngest, is here today and he showed me a photo. They're sitting there watching online. So how beautiful is that? Yeah. I'm so blessed. Will you give me a moment just to get myself a little sorted? We live in such an interesting time, as Pastor mentioned. But God is good. Yes. He is good. All the time he is good. And Rod, thank you for sharing that about the baptism. It is such an important thing if you are wondering, shall I, shan't I? No, well, the answer simply is yes. yes. So go and do it. But let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much for bringing us into your house today. We are so privileged to be able to come here without fear, Lord of, of persecution. Father, we are so blessed to be in this nation. And we thank you for your presence here today and we ask that you would have your way. We ask that you would touch our hearts and open our minds to what you would have us learn and what you would have us obey and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is anybody here a bit of a news fiend? Love to know, I've got a nodding head here, love to know what's going on around the world. Well, there's been some big events, hey? I'm a news fiend. I I do get into it a bit. There is a lot going on at a global scale, plenty going on at a national scale, and sadly, there's often too much and more than enough going on for so many people in an up-close and personal scale. So much so that we can't even pay attention to, to whatever else is going on around us. But whilst we may feel things are getting a bit too hot and hairy at the time, with all that's going on, in my reading this week, I just came across this verse I want to quickly bring before we move on. It's from chapter 1 in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And verse 9 says, History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new. But it is actually, it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past and in future generations. No one will remember what we are doing now. We can take some comfort from these words. 
people have lived through everything that is going on around us at the moment. Or we simply wouldn't be here, would we? However, we mustn't minimise the fact that for some, they are feeling things are a bit intense now, not sure how they're going to get through all that is happening. Today we're going to look at someone who could certainly identify with things getting a bit intense for him and perhaps learn a hint or two to apply to where we find ourselves right now. But before we go further, oh, look, I just want to do a bit of a poll. Um, I, it, it's a known fact that, that it helps us. If we can identify with what somebody has been through, it encourages us. Um, so I'm just, I'm just wondering if, um, if I'm hitting the spot here, if you can relate to this person. So this will be quick. Just a quick show of hands. <clears throat> Pop your hand up if you've been shipwrecked three times. Okay. How about shipwrecked two times? What? That's fine. That's fine. Was that a hand going up? We'll talk later. <laughs> how about um, how about just being cast um, cast adrift in an open sea for the night a night and day? Any, anyone? Has anyone ever been overwhelmed? We pop you. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, right. Thank you, Jesus. Hokey doke. So, right. No doubt you have worked out that we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul. We're going to be looking to his life for some guidance. When we first meet Paul, he was a younger fellow. And he was written about as his other name, Saul. That's another name, another version of his name, Saul. He was a young fellow in charge of looking after the robes at the stoning of Stephen, who was to be the first Christian martyr. According to the book of Acts in chapter 8, this young man, Saul, was actually in hearty agreement about the stoning. He actually probably wished he wasn't looking after the robes, but actually in there mixing it up and stoning Stephen as well. Saul hated Christians and he was to give himself to hunting them down and imprisoning them with a passion until that fateful day where he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul did a complete 180 degree turnaround in life And he himself was to become a target of much persecution and many trials as a believer of Jesus Christ. He wrote wrote a letter, actually the second letter, to the Corinthian church. And it says, he's talking about himself saying, Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have travelled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles, the non-Jews. 
I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough enough clothing to keep me warm. Paul has not just described a, a hard week or a rough long year. These trials had happened over the course of his life up to this point and more was to happen to him right up until his death. Personally, I probably would have been cured of going to sea after that, after that first shipwreck, but there was something about Paul that made him unstoppable. Paul had a secret. Paul became one of the most influential people in the church and was responsible, uh, largely was responsible for the spreading of the gospel amongst the Gentiles. He was a leader, church planter, missionary and author, writing 13 books uh, of the Bible, all while facing times of tremendous hardship and peril. Looking on, looking on at his life, it would have been easy to understand if Paul got to a point and said, friends, I'm going to hang up my coat, kick off my sandals and give it a break. Every time I do something, I end up in strife. Enough is enough. But Paul had a secret. In his same letter, Paul writes, and this is using the message translation, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when, when this all came down on us in Asia province. Now, I'm just going to pause here to say there's not a lot of consensus about, uh, in, amongst Bible scholars about what particular situation Paul is talking about. We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when they all came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. And the New Living Translation here says, We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. Paul continues, as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust on God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it, rescued us from certain doom. And he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Yeah. Hallelujah. God. Paul expected to die because whatever of whatever had been happening to him and his companions. But it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength, we were forced to trust God totally. From it was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it, to and he did. He rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. 
right here. Already, Paul, is, Paul knows he's going to need rescuing again. And I'm just going to put a disclaimer. Paul wasn't flippantly putting his life in danger. He wasn't a, hey, y'all, watch this kind of guy. <laughs> he was a man who was going about God's business. But even though he had almost died again, he now even had more confidence and trust in God. And he had another ref- yet another reference point another testimony of God's grace to him in his time of need. How on earth is this possible? How could Paul move on from what happened time and time again? Did Paul have short-term memory loss? (laughs) Just kidding. Paul did not allow the negative events of the past or of his current situation, to dictate how he faced the future. He did not retreat from life. He did not go back to the house of his forefathers, forgetting all that God had called him to accomplish. But Paul had a secret. Let's turn to Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He that dwelleth in the secret, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust Now let's expand it with some definitions. Verse 1, he that dwelleth, dwells, stakes his claim, lives in, sits in, inhabits, remains, settles in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide, stay, continue, lodge, remain under the shadow of of the Almighty God. In her book, The Names of God, Marilyn Hickey says in this point, Almighty, the name Almighty is the name El Shaddai, where God is saying, I am more than enough to meet your needs in each situation. Verse 2, it goes on, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Hope, shelter, trust, and my fortress, my castle, defense, stronghold, safe place. May God, my God, in Him will I trust, be bold, confident, sure. Many of these definitions speak of physical places. Some may even remind us of a home. If we are fortunate enough to have a home, We naturally want it to be a safe place, a place of peace and calm, of rest and refreshing from the sometimes trying world around us. But for so many, their physical home has proven to be unsafe, perhaps because of those that even live within it. 
sadly in recent days looking to overseas with the earthquakes in Afghanistan and the war happening in the Middle East. Many people have lost their homes. Their physical homes were actually vulnerable places. Heartbreakingly, it confirms that we, we mustn't put our confidence or trust in our physical home or actually in anything physical. What is the secret place spoken of in the first verse of Psalm 91? Well, the secret place is not somewhere we go to physically, but spiritually. This is speaking about our inward man or woman, our inner being. Just to illustrate, I hope sensitively, when someone dies, usually they say, he's gone. His body can be right there in front of us, but somehow it is now empty. The spirit, the inner being, has gone. Our spirit, it's the secret place we go to with our spirit, that inward being. And this brings about an awareness of God's presence. When we go to this secret place, it brings about an awareness of God's presence within us, wherever we may go. God, in his word, the Bible, is inviting us. He is inviting us to abide with him, to stay with him, and to live in his shadow. And when you're in someone's shadow, you are right there with them, and they are right there with you. As we go through our day, we are to have an inward posture of quiet rest, of constant communion and communication with God, of always listening for him. We're being a part of conversations here, and we can be conversing with God at the same time. We can be listening for his constant guidance, obeying him moment by moment, inviting him into whatever situation or circumstance we may find ourselves in. We can invite him, and he wants to be invited into whatever we are doing. It's of loving him and worshipping him as we go about our day. It's an awareness that he is within us wherever we go. And if we are to dwell in this secret place, to inhabit this secret place, it is somewhere we need to go daily. Psalm 91 does say, he who dwelleth, he who dwells, not he who dwelt, but he who dwells. It's a present term, an ongoing, continuing habitation and seeking after his presence. It's a place of safety and security. It's a place of rest, of confidence and trust in the Most High God. It's our our faith that he can guide us and he'll help us with the challenges that come into our lives, that he will keep us, he will protect us 
from the dangers that threaten us and that his will be done above all. It's in relationship with God, a living, daily, dwelling, dwelling with and relying upon him in that secret place that can be found even in the midst of battle, of disease, of disaster. It's a home in God. Do you remember what Paul said? It was so bad that we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Paul chose God. He chose to trust God totally. And just as Psalm 91 confirmed in verse 14, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honour them. Paul knows that in all circumstances, God is enough. And for him, that is enough. Life can get hard, painful, scary, bewildering. But there is a refuge. There is a hiding place. And God can be trusted. God is inviting you to spend time with him every day. To draw near to him by faith. To quieten your mind and heart. To shut out the news of what's going on around you. To trust that he is in control. You know, so much of what we read or hear, it isn't even the truth at times. But it does bring about fear which I think is often the goal. And if our minds are filled with fear, we struggle to have faith in God and the promises of his word. Let's be wise in how much time and attention we give the media. Now is not the time to hang up your coat and say, I need a break. Just as history tends to be forgotten, we can forget our own history. Take the time to think about past events in your life. Remember the times when you could not see a solution. You were at your wit's end. And remember how God brought you through. You don't need a break. You need a breakthrough. That's all you need. 
Thank God for everything he has done for you. Everything he has already brought you through. Allow your history to give you more confidence and trust in God for what you are facing today. Thank him for his goodness and his mercy to you in your time of need. God did it before and he'll do it again. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai, where God is saying, I am more than enough to meet your needs in each situation. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. What are you saying about El Shaddai? What are you saying? Are you saying, my God is more than enough? My God is more than enough to keep us safe. My God is more than enough to meet our increasing mortgage. My God is more than enough to save my family. My God is more than enough to heal my body. My God is more than enough to diffuse the strife between nations. Get your words, and I'm speaking to me, get your words into line with God's truth and your faith. Words are incredibly powerful. Speak out that my God is more than enough. If others are shining a light onto what the enemy is doing, ah, say, but God, ha, huh, my God isn't even started yet. It is far from over. He is victorious. The enemy was defeated at the cross and the enemy is still, still defeated. As we look around the world, we must remember it, it is no coincidence that we are alive on the earth at this time. We have been chosen for such a time as this. You, you have been chosen for such a time as this. Let your words of faith, let them loose into the atmosphere and watch God move. Hallelujah. 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 God has a different plan for each of us. But in this day of wars, earthquakes, uncertainty, disease, the gospel still needs to go forth. And God still uses people to do this. Now, if we've been a bit wobbly over what's going on and we have God to set us right again, how must it be for our neighbour who does not have God? How must it be? How? This is where we must not back away. Like Paul, let's be unstoppable. We must not back away but go forward and bring the good news of Christ to those around us. We can calmly be in our refuge, the secret place, and in the middle of danger at the same time. And in that physical place of danger, disease, disaster, death, whatever, There will be light because it will be shining from inside, 
from our spirit, from our inward being. Like Paul, he never gave up. Let's not give up and stay in our place of safety. God wants the light not to stay within us but to shine through us because he wants the light to spread. This, this world needs the light of Christ. More light means less darkness. More light means more grace. More light means more mercy. Touching lives as they hear the gospel. More salvation. More healing. More peace. More love. It will mean less anger. Less pain. Less unforgiveness. And as tempting as it is and how much safer we think it would feel for us, we must be careful not to be more concerned with preserving the outward being. What's far more important is what's inside. We need to be more concerned about the inside, not just our inside, but the inside of those around us. Father God welcomes all of his children to abide with him in the secret place. It is not just for some, but for all. He wants all of his children to trust in him, to take refuge in him and him alone. James 4.8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Psalm 31.20 says, You, this is talking of God, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. And the book of Isaiah chapter 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And we know Father God wants every person to come into that secret place because he sent his son Jesus as our substitute upon the cross at Calvary. Let's bow our heads in this place today. You're here today because God loves you. His only son, Jesus Christ, died for you. As pastor outlined the horrific things Jesus went through so that you might know the joy of his blood washing away your sins. Only a believing faith in Jesus Christ can save you for an eternity separated from him that was actually created for the devil and his angels. And this is an opportunity here today for you to say to him, I want to be forgiven. I need to be forgiven. Thank you for what you have done. Jesus on that cross and if you are in this place today and that is the cry of your heart would you take that first step and raise your hand it would be a privilege to pray with you today so that you could have an assurance of your sins forgiven and that Jesus Christ would be your Lord and your Saviour quickly raise your hand is there anybody here who might like to, to do that. Just raise your hand so I can see it. 
a quick wave. Thank you here, Crystal. Is there anybody else today? Thank you. Down the back, thank you very much. Someone's going to come and pray with you after the service. It's going to be a privilege to pray with you. Come and see me. As I hunt you down, I might get to you first. Perhaps today the Lord is challenging you to fully trust him with your situation, with your fears, to trust him that, yes, God, you are in control. Perhaps he may be whispering, make time for me. I want you to abide with me once more. Do you need a do-over with the words you speak? Has the Lord challenged you to line up your words with his words? To line up your words with words of faith? If that's you in this place, everybody, let's just stand. The altars are open. If you might like to come forward for prayer or if you might like to come forward just to cement what the Lord has done, feel free to do that. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in this place today. Hallelujah. Let's worship God in this place. Hallelujah.